Hey, what's going on, everybody? It is January 18th, and you're listening and watching the Daily AI Show live. And today, we have kind of a fun conversation. Meet your newest AI robot. It's your car. So that's what we got going on today. We've got Jimmy, Beth, I'm Brian. Not sure if we have anybody else hanging out with us today, but that's okay, because I think uh, this is a fun one. We could probably talk for you know two, three hours on it. <laughs> so the idea of this, uh, the idea for this conversation, for this show, um, there's always some sort of nugget that starts in probably our Slack community. And they were like, oh, we should talk about that on a show. And we try to write it down really quick. So this one came from a, something that either Andy shared or I happened to come across. And it was Elon Musk talking about the similarities between their Optimus um, humanoid robot, the one we we talked about it yesterday in the show. It's, there's a there's a video out right now of it folding a T-shirt, and I was saying, oh, it's like who cares about the T-shirt? What I'm just blown away by is how quickly their humanoid robot has got good at like dexterity things and in just fine motor things. And what does that mean for like healthcare and assistance and all this stuff and you know nursing homes and blah blah blah. So like, but what he said in the comment was. Oh, there's a lot of crossover between Optimus and a Tesla car. And I thought, mm -hmm. oh, that's interesting. And then he didn't really go deep into it, but he's like, they share a lot of the same knowledge base, the same, a lot of the AI, what, you know, all the stuff we've been doing with Tesla's, um, we use that data and it goes into doing stuff with the AI. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. And then it just got me thinking about like, you know, it's 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 fast but it's slow right guys it's like everything is sort of moving at a pace where it's it's sort of being adopted and and we're getting more used to driverless cars like Waze or Cruise and if you live in Phoenix you've taken a driverless taxi at this point most likely in other parts of California like San Fran and stuff i mean i personally haven't but if you were in certain cities that's that's normal ish at this point like you know people have done it but at the same time, it's AI, and so it's moving really fast. And so it's this juxtaposition of are our cars basically quickly or slowly, depending on your, your viewpoint, turning into AI robots? And I think there is a lot of support for that idea. So before we go any farther and talk about all the other ways in manufacturing and different things and data that AI is now involved with the car process from manufacturing all the way through drivable, what do you guys think? Do you feel the same way? Do you kind of, do you sit in your car and think of this, oh, this is a robot at this point? Or is it just a car that has like a bunch of tech? I don't, um, I don't sort of think of my car as a robot. And I think that's one of the reasons that this may be something that at least in cars that we're driving, not cars that we're seeing empty on the other side of the road, um, uh, that this uh, adoption may be kind of smooth or not like a big like, because right. like I do trust cruise control. I don't know how it works, but there is. <laughs> A ghost in my, I have unleashed a ghost in my car that uh, accelerates back to the level that I have set at cruise control, right? And right. I, I don't think of that as like, oh, I am not in control anymore because of course right. I'm in control. Um, yeah, I, d I find it really, really interesting. Um, but no, I'm not thinking about how robotic my car is. <laughs> what about you, Jimmy? I kind of feel like well, you may go, you go more, you may go more this way. Like, hell yeah, my, my car is a transformer. <laughs> well, well, see, I got, uh, I got to start from, from uh, a clear basis or context, right? So I think, um, I don't know how many people realize that 
uh, how advanced um, and how computerized uh, vehicles are now today. Yes. Right? Oh, yeah. There, there is a full-on computer that's built into into your vehicles that control and monitor all of the bells and whistles in in your car now. Mm-hmm. Maybe you know, 40, 50 years ago, you know, not so much. But now you've got so ev- everything from your gauges uh, to letting you know when your uh, fuel needs to be, you know, refilled, all those kinds of, those are all various sensors and your and there is a computer that's running all of that, right? And if you take your car to the mechanic, the first thing he's going to do is they're going to plug in right into the <laughs> computer to get all of the data. All the codes. Know, especially if you've gone to a Jiffy Loop uh, recently, yeah. they'll just plug it right in and then just like, oh yeah, your car has been, done this many miles and you need to rotate your tires and, and all of that just based off of that data. So uh, yeah, your cars uh, your cars are uh, becoming more and more like robots. The more automated they become, the, the more like uh, AI robots they're gonna be. Especially with new, um, like CES, right? They announced, yeah. BMW and Volkswagen announced that they're doubling down on their involvement of generative and chat AI in their, uh, uh, into their cars, uh, into their automobile uh, computer systems. So like BMW has been using an integration with Alexa, but now the Alexa LLM, uh, they're doubling down on that so that it can give you all of the answers to the various aspects of your computer, like fuel and mileage and all of that kind of stuff readily available asking for directions, asking about a region that you're in, all of those kinds of things. And it's all, uh, you know, it's all linked into your car's computer. So uh, yes, I'm 100% in the uh, cars are becoming more and more your AI robots. Hopefully, you know, we'll probably see some uh, life imitating art, you know, uh, from like Minority Report, where the cars are driving themselves and traffic is no longer a problem because uh you know we just say hey i want to go here and it's like okay zoom and just do it see and i i love what they're doing but i feel like they're missing for me they're missing the thing because i can actually set up like uh an interaction with uh, chat gpt voice right like Mm -hmm. i can do that what i want my car to do is I want to be able to give it access to my calendar and my dealer's uh, maintenance thing and for it to then say, so these are the three windows that look like you can schedule the maintenance that you really need to schedule. I want that to be a text that comes in my Mm -hmm. phone or like opt into the email and for me to go, yeah, number two is good and have that happen. Like uh, if you are a robot, make your own doctor's appointments and let me know. And like, if we yeah. have autonomous driving, like set up the taxi for me for the next appointment that I'd like, uh, that's what I want. I can figure yeah. out maps. Uh, it's this like <laughs> connecting all of these internet. Yeah, yeah, I, you I think you're going to get it too. Cause BMW's update with the, yeah. with the LLM, that's exactly the kind of stuff that they're talking about. So. And here's yeah. what I'll say too. Like you, you brought up CES and I think this is a good point. Like, Yes, they're humanoid. That's why I always say the word humanoid because robots that look like a human form, right? Like the Tesla Optimus. And they will have certain certain use cases, 
but not all. Not that doesn't make sense to have a humanoid robot in a lot of cases. Four wheels, three wheels, two wheels, you know, gyroscope type stuff like the Segway will do just fine in a lot of cases because of where what they need to do in their role is. So it's this, it's also this thought of like, my car's not a robot. And then you're like, okay, we'll define a robot, define an AI robot. All you have to do is go look at CES and you're like, oh, they come in all shapes and sizes. And a lot of them have wheels because obviously, you know, for the efficiency of a wheel, um, it doesn't make sense for it to be standing bipedal, or pedal, whatever it is, and walking, you know, and having to have a gate and all this stuff. It's like, it's super complex with gyroscopes and all this stuff. So yeah, like I, I'm with you guys. Like I do actually, I mean, now I, after reading that, it was kind of like this light bulb, but I'm like, yeah, my car is way more like a robot. And going back to what you said, Jimmy, about working on cars. So quick, not firefighter story on this one, just quick being 45 story. Like my first car was an 86 uh, Ford Escort. But before it was my car, it was my dad's car. He had actually bought it. I think it was the first brand new car that I remember as a kid. We always had mm -hmm. hand-me-downs and stuff like that. My dad was out in, in um, we were out in LA and we're, my dad was driving over two hours each way on the, uh, on the, uh, what should we call it? The, um, oh, anyway, the LAX, the LA uh, freeway, whatever that's called, um, to, to the airport and back because he, he worked for Western Airlines at the time. Anyway, 86 Escort. Years go by, my brother hits a deer, it's got a dent in the hood. It get, you know, it becomes my first car in like 96, right? So it's 13 years old at this point. I, before that, I remember my dad coming home. He he had a history of being a mechanic before he was into white collar stuff. And he, in over a week's time, he got rides to the airport when we were in Georgia. He pulls the entire engine out, takes off the, the small block and replaces what he used to call the 50 cent seals. But to get to these 50 cent seals, required a disassembly of this and my dad did this over a week put the whole car back together and i i drove it years later right as my first car i don't i mean there's people who could but you would have to be so careful these days about mm -hmm. what you're disconnecting what you're messing up i would be fearful i'm not a, like an oil change but even i bet you coming soon even oil changes aren't going to just be something people opt to do in their garages anymore because number one it doesn't save money which would be the main reason for doing it unless you just like working on your own cars which is fine um but you there's just so many things now in a car that are computer automated or or run that you have to be really careful about what you're tinkering in a car i will say in 2023 it was a big year for my wife and i we have been trying to get towards um uh, uh evs but Teslas are out of our range, right? Well, we ended up first early in the year. I traded in my old 90, uh, my 97 uh, Jeep that definitely had no, I had one computer on the whole thing called like a PCM. I had one computer all the, in, in, in the Wrangler to an i3. So we got an old, we got a used i3 that had just had a battery replacement in it because of warranty. So 2015 i3 bmw i3 but it's got a battery a new battery in it we're like great that's awesome for getting around town and then later in the year we bought a bolt also used right. like that was such a huge push for me to get to that ev but like really when i look at those two cars i'm not touching those cars in my garage <laughs> i do minor things i installed carplay on the i3 that was a big thing after christmas <laughs> That's about it, man. I'm not touching it after that. And I, this is only going to get more complex. Like you said, Jimmy, like you go to the experts and they go, yeah, sure. Bink. <laughs> and they plug in the thing and they're like, 
what's going on with the car. And to your point, and Beth, like that's just going to get easier, hopefully, could for the consumer. I do worry about that content being gated by the manufacturers. We yeah. saw this, I think it was BMW who tried to charge people for heated seats as an upcharge. They were literally remotely turning it on and turning it off. You either paid the subscription, you got heated seats, or you didn't. And people revolted and they backtracked and they don't do that anymore. Wow. I do worry about that from the AI side. I really believe Tesla's model of almost being a loss leader for the cars so that they can catch you on the subscription with AI. Yeah. I think this is the future and I'm a yeah. little nervous about it. That was a lot, I know, but I just want to kind of give you my experience. What do you guys think of that? Yeah, I, I think I, I think that's what I think you've you've hit the nail on the on the head there. I I, I have a feeling that as vehicles and any kind of a, a equipment is going to go more and more computerized, at the software is what's uh, going to be pushing it. For example, uh, just a few days ago, uh, a bunch of uh, Chinese um, electronics manufacturers got into the auto business and mm. uh, acquired some uh, auto uh, automotive software uh, companies uh, and things like that. So like your uh, Huawei, which makes, which is famously yeah. known for phones, but they make a lot right. of telecom equipment is getting into the, um, into the auto business. And they acquired a, um, a company that makes a smart car OS and, so their competition, Xiaomi, also did the same thing. So, mm. so we can see that more investment in software experiences or software UX, UI into uh, your automobile, that's, that's the trend. And anything that's software related has a tendency to go to the subscription model. I mean, yeah. take a look at some of like our favorite software, like Adobe Creative Cloud, yeah. and you know, just having that monthly access to information or software that's just constantly updated, and yeah. that seems to be the model. So I can totally see that being applied to your vehicle. Now, hopefully, we won't have such a uh, <laughs> such a revolt like uh, like the BMW did. Uh, yeah. They obviously were testing the waters and and in that space and it, it didn't work for them. right but if that's the old disney model start, let's see if they'll also pay if, for this yeah <laughs> and, and so if you if you start if you if but if they start little steps where they're just like oh would you like this additional feature sure that's just 99 cents more per month this I, other feature so you can do micro that microtransactions on there for subscriptions yes. that i mean it's like, oh, but I want this integration. We're gonna See, as humans, we're gonna slide right in there, and we're and like, yep. you ask us five years from now, we're gonna be like, how did we get here? How am I paying three or four different subscription, you know, super package, whatever? And I'm like, oh, I would, I would like to have, you know, uh, air conditioned seats in Florida in the summertime. That would be nice. Usually it's heated, yeah. but you don't get the AC. Yeah. That is usually like the EX package or the LX package on that car. Right. Is it gonna be now that? All cars kind of, I guess Tesla maybe does this. I mean, they have different packages, but like Chevy Bolt, okay, the 2027 Chevy Bolt or whatever. Is that car identical across? Like they, they build one, it's a different color, but it's one. And everything on that car now comes through me and the package, and like, yeah, cool, here's the car. And the dealership mm -hmm. may be like, this is why we think you should upgrade to this package. You get all these other features. But if you don't, 
we just turn it off and remotely your car stops doing that shit. Like it's like it just like we can take you down to a base model or we can rev mm. you up or hey, when your kid is driving it, they only get these features and it's governed to 65 miles an hour, no more. When you're driving it, your thumbprint, your code or whatever goes in there and whoop, you have a whole different car. It'll go 85, it'll go 90. There's no restrictions on it. But we know when your kid's in it and yeah. we'll, we have yeah. a feature for that too. I mean, it seems to me the car itself will be way less important than the technology and the AI with the echoes and the voice controls and all the stuff that you're talking about, Beth, that is how I think cars are going to be sold in the future. And it's going to be an afterthought that, oh yeah, by the way, it also keeps me in lane assist. will warn me when there's people around. We'll take over in certain situations. We'll do light autonomous driving and eventually full autonomous driving in certain conditions and so on and so forth. I, I just think like people were going to care less and less and less about maybe the manufacturer and it's going to be more about the bells and whistles that you can get. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think what you're looking at is uh, your car will become more like your phone. Um, it's your, yeah. it's your personal accessory, right? All integration across all of your devices. That's, that's kind of seems to be the, the push. And, you know, there's going to, the, the one fear I have is, they're putting bigger and bigger screens and more screens in a vehicle yeah. for even all the passengers and everything. And we've talked about, uh, or there's heads up displays. They've tried mm -hmm. to be integrating that into, uh, into cars for years with all of that additional real estate. When do you think they're going to try and make the play for, you can have all the features you can either pay for them or just watch this 30 second ad. Oh, well, yeah, wow. before you before you pull out of the driveway. Ah. Yeah. Or while you're parked at a stoplight, there's five second ads on YouTube. Why not have it play in the bottom corner of the windscreen? I think if the car is in drive, there's no chance of that. If the car is mm. in park, kind of like when it will, it'll restrict you from doing typing on your on your screen. If it's not yeah. in park or you're, you know, for safety. Jimmy, I don't know, man. What do you think, Beth? I, what about? I, Beth, think, that's I, don't know. I, I think that's a ways away because I think the biggest play right now is convincing people that they're safe, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, and <laughs> I don't know about you, but when like the the screen at the gas station started screaming at me unexpectedly, <laughs> I jumped, and that was not a positive experience. <laughs> I don't know on my foot anywhere near a gas pedal or brake during that right. experience right like even if we're in park but i do think that they're like they're rolling out the robo taxis in um uh in cities right you talked about mm -hmm. phoenix um uh motional is in las vegas and yep. is starting oh, that's right. in vegas too. los angeles um, what I am interested in, because I live uh, outside of Washington, D.C., what I'm really interested in is where it can intersect with public transportation. So is this mm -hmm. an opportunity to create bus routes based like that are AI optimized? Mm -hmm. Right. So what are the full times that buses happen? Like, is there um, is there a way to pull out um uh, to to create more options, is there a way to supplement 
the underground or a rail system yeah. Um, without having to do all of that infrastructure, because that's happening a couple blocks away from me. Yay, <laughs> purple line in the in DC area. But um, but it's a ton of investment and that yeah. kind of stuff. And what I would really like is if they sense each other, right? So we already have bus lanes or or right. um mm-hmm. bike lanes, right? To mm-hmm. to create more safety. I would love to have something where they sense each other and you just get in a line and you just move forward. An so EV that lane. Yeah. I'm safety all for factor yeah. is yeah. not EV, but autonomous right. lane and autonomous lane. Yeah. The safety factor is based on their sensing each other. Now uh, there are stories of people just like doing stupid weird shit. Like, oh, it's an autonomous vehicle. I think I'll yeah. go stand in front of it and see if it stops. Yeah, right. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, if you're wrong, that's a hell of a bet. Yeah. Um, so, like, that kind of, like, let's screw with the tech needs to not be, like, a, a thing that's happening on a regular basis. But uh, I'm excited about that. I'm excited about the the bus lane thing where, like, everybody. Then the ad is definitely playing on the inside of the bus, Jimmy. Oh yeah. yeah, you know I live I live in Tampa, but I freak I'm in I'll be in Orlando tomorrow. I mean, it's like there's you know it's I'm in Orlando a lot, and because of what they're building and stuff. If you go into Disney property, which is 40 square miles, that's not a it's it's a it's large <laughs> 40 square miles of property. Um, they you'll find that they now have like um like center bus lanes because obviously it makes sense for you if you get on a dizzy bus you're moving from park to park they don't want you to have to sit in normal traffic for that so like we even see stuff like that uh on the other side of the city um universal is building their fifth part third park i guess it's called uh, epic universe it's massive it's bigger than uh magic kingdom a huge construction pile it'll be done ne- mid next year super super cool by the way if you're into that kind of stuff um they're building roads because it's not exactly on the main and universal property same thing they're like paying along with the city for extensions of like the kirkman road extension stuff like that in order to do that and i think beth you're right like how far off are we from a those those movers those people movers being a little less bus with driver a little more automated a little more in their own lanes where they're kind of protected and there's lidar and the whole thing and also how far away are we from sitting in a bus and like you get on the bus and the door closes and then nothing happens. You're like, why aren't, why aren't we moving? And then what you find out is like the bus is going to hold here for 30 seconds, just like trains do because it already knows the position of all other buses in situation. And through AI algorithms, it knows if I just wait 30 seconds, we'll actually have a better experience and ride for the customer. And we'll arrive earlier than if we had jammed into the traffic. Now just expand that to, I don't know, all cars, all vehicles yeah. at some point. And then what does that do for traffic? I think AI is going to be a huge, huge player in congestion and traffic jams because humans just simply are the worst when it comes to traffic. We all make it worse, either through rubbernecking when there's an accident or simply just, you know, we want to know, we want to believe if I just kill it at 85, I'll get there faster. It's right. kind of like the weight equation we talked about last week, right? Like, right, right. but what if you could convince me that you're the the AI is right and I'm wrong, and that I don't need to crush it at 85 because I'm just gonna I'm just gonna be in the back of somebody else's car, just in not hit them, but just in traffic. 
And then if I worked at 65 and all of the cars are sort of coordinating on the LIE or something like that, we're all going to get there better. But you have to like basically take the power out of the human's hands because there'll always be some a-hole that just slams on it and ruins it for everybody. You know, quick changing lanes. I mean, think about that. Think about just one in like a traffic area. One person cutting across four lanes a mile from me could negatively impact me, not dangerously, but could negative impact me and cause a five-minute slowdown on me three, three miles away because it just was a trained reaction of slowdowns and pain and, you know. I think AI has a huge a huge part to play in that. I want to real quick before we jump into anything else, I want to bring up what Gwen said, which was, yeah, problem is one thing goes wrong and you have no car. I agree with that, Gwen. That is the yeah. downside of it is like you can't just go fix it in your you know your garage or maybe you can if you're you're talented. I'm not saying people can't. I I could. I am now feeling more and more um, reliant on. I will say this is a, my biggest issue with Tesla is the the right to fix it's my biggest issue with tesla it's yeah. the reason i personally would not own a tesla and that's that tesla will void warranties if if your local mechanic does not matter if they're an ev specialist and they know what they're doing if it's not tesla that fixes the car you're in a world of trouble because they can void warranties if they find out it's like looking in a, in a cell phone and finding out that you went to an iFixit. apple's like yeah no no beans on that one you, you know it's no good that worries me a lot because there's lots of mechanics who are going to be very, very good and have independent or want to have independent shops who are EV specialists who know exactly how to work around the high voltage stuff and help you with your car and stuff. And we need those. But if right. if you're going to have more, if the if the pattern is going more towards Tesla, which is, hey, you buy this Chevy, you can only talk to Chevy. You talk to anybody else, we'll void your warranty and you're screwed. You know? And by the way, I've watched YouTube videos where $200 fixes were $20,000 fixes with Tesla. And that's not even an ex exaggeration. Right. So you get people who I am, I'm, I would be deadly nervous about buying a used Tesla because my fear would be I get bargain, you know, an e, a, a Model 3, several years old, it's got 75,000 miles on it, should still have a good battery. I get into it under 20,000. Three months later, I owe 20 extra thousand to fix it. Otherwise, it's bricked in my driveway. And that scares the crap out of me. So I think Gwen, you have a really good point there. And um, and to have the electronics checked that she said is is a couple hundred dollars or more. You know, I mean, I don't you, you're not yeah. you're not getting into a Tesla, you're gonna pay a lot more than a couple hundred dollars. No offense to Tesla, by the way. So I think that obviously what they're doing is amazing. It just scares me as a consumer of somebody who is still in part of my life where I'm buying used cars. I'm not buying brand new cars off the lot. Um, mm -hmm. they're, they're going to be two or three years old and I know there's going to need to be maintenance. And if I want to play in the EV world, there's some considerations there about that part of it, because I do worry about these manufacturers locking us out as consumers. Well, there is an opportunity there though, uh, to, to be consumer centric and still maintain, you know, that level of quality, right? It's the same reason why Apple doesn't like to repair anything that anyone else has touched is because, you know, maybe they m messed it up. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, however, story. Fl yeah. flimsy, yeah, however yeah. flimsy that reason is. But, you know, we, we, we are already used to leases and, and things like that. And people tend to turn over for a new car every few years. Yeah. So, it's an easy jump in logic to where it's a true subscription. 
subscription. Yeah. I want to keep right. my, my right, car sure. a monthly payment and they take care of absolutely everything. I don't have to ever worry about it. I pay my hundred dollars a month or whatever it'll actually be, you know. And and then when one new one comes in, it's like I said, cell phone. Every couple of years, I'll just start my subscription for the new one, and the new one will come out. Or like what's probably going on in DC with the rideshare stuff, right, Beth? Right. Like you you don't even have to own the car. You can just subscribe to a service and go get it off the corner, like you could a scooter. Right. Like, yeah. And we have bike share too. Right. And the, yep. and the advantage of uh, the, the thing that moves up for that, I think is then when there are sensors and predictions about when you're going to be able to need it and it comes to you. The mm-hmm. other thing I was thinking, like, seriously, a subscription that I would pay for is um, tell me where the parking spot is within mm. a four block radius. Yeah, I'm going here. Where right? I'm going and yeah. then park in it for me. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like I swear to God, you I will pay $9.99 a month if you have yeah. that. I might even pay more, but boy, yeah. would that be delightful. Drop me off at my door, go park. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. I don't need it. All right. I drive like I'm here for two hours. Drive 20 minutes away and find a parking spot. Yeah. Yeah. Do you want to park back even better? Do you want to park for cost or or efficiency? You know what I mean? Like, and you may go like, I don't care if you go drive. You take, you take, it's an EV or something. You're like, I don't care if you drive five miles out of where I am. Just be back and get me when I'm ready to go again and eat my damn seats. investment okay so i'm gonna show i'm gonna be here for two hours yeah um turn on lift and go and like let people ride in the car and do stuff and then come back and go work for me then we'll go home yeah yeah go work for me that's (laughs) a super idea i look look i don't think any of this is out of the out of the the picture honest to god i think everything we've said will probably happen i don't think you've said one thing i disagree with so we're at the end of the show here, but I'm I'm curious. Okay, let's see. It's 2024. Let's let's give it six years. Let's just say top of the decade, 2030. Mm-hmm. Are we going to have fully autonomous cars? Yes. Fully yes. autonomous. Yes. How how prevalent will they be? I think by 2030, it'll be in the uh, major transportation sector. So right. we're talking about uh, trucks delivery. Uh, semis, those kinds of things, that'll be 100% fully autonomous. And then we'll probably see mass transit uh, start moving into there. Personal vehicles, probably um, another five years before we see fully autonomous. I'm saying, I I think by 2040, we'll have minority report. We'll we'll have full grid car uh yeah. lanes and everything will be all upon that single grid I mean, agi it, will exist by then and that yeah drastic yeah so yeah, yeah that's that's definitely a thing what do you think beth if any of these innovations happen right then that could upgrade like i i don't think i'm alone in washington dc traffic who would yeah. be like yep i will do an autonomous thing if i never have to really park again and yeah. like i'm just so like that kind of thing, I think, could really up the level of um, adoption. I think mm-hmm. probably the first like 50 percent, first 35 percent, 50 percent happens much faster than the second half. 
right mm. so mm. yeah i can see by 2030 if it's a real if it really meets people's needs that's like a 50 percent adoption yeah I, I i'm gonna go with you guys on this one and say infrastructure thing yeah i was just gonna say really quick i i think by 2030 we have agi um, artificial general intelligence for anybody that's listening doesn't know what that is. Um, that's just the point at which uh, AI is is supposed to be um, smarter and more capable uh, than humans. I mean, in some cases, we there's different different topic on that. We've talked about that before, but anyway, I believe that'll happen by 2030. It, that's going to obviously not just cars. That's going to impact everything, right? It, like everything that's going on, but cars specifically. Um, we know we're already at like level three at a level five. I don't really know all the autonomous levels, but I think level five is fully autonomous. I, I know we're not there yet. I don't believe. Um, obviously, Tesla, but not just Tesla, Waymo, Waze, uh, not, uh, not, not Waze, Waymo, Cruise, which is a GM deal. Right. Uh, and then several other companies you guys have mentioned. And of course, that's just stuff here in the States. There's stuff all over the world uh, that are working on this. So definitely, I believe that's going to happen. I kind of always said my 13 year old, I don't believe she'll ever drive in uh, ice in an internal combustion engine car. I think my daughter will only ever know EVs for her cars. At least that's the way we're trying mm -hmm. to set it up. She's three years out from driving. Um, she probably will get one of the cars that's in my driveway, you know, right. One right. of the EVs, right. That has a hand me down. So I think that's interesting. Um, and then, yeah, I think all the stuff we just talked about subscription models, uh, pay to play, um, I love the idea of go go work for me car and become a lift while I'm gone. That's awesome. <laughs> and if it gets dirty, go get it cleaned before you bring it back to me. You know, <laughs> give it a once over wash before it gets back to me on the nasty uh, uh, winter streets of DC or something. You know what I mean? Uh, go get the salt off my vehicle so it doesn't corrode. Uh, I, I'm, I'm for all of that. All right, any other? We're we're out of time, but like any other last minute predictions on this? You know, your car is a robot. Is it an AI robot? It's it's a robot. It's it's a robot. It's a it's a computer. A modern day car is a computer controlled device. Any other predictions you guys want to throw out there before we wrap it up? Uh, AI is a funky wild west. I think it is very likely that there is something that happens that makes all of our predictions sort of like sideways, skews it on its head. Like there's Probably. something that happens and we're and everybody's yeah. like, oh. Okay. Yeah. Yes, that yeah. was a much better way to do it. Yeah. I think uh I think what we'll see the the biggest changes but may not have may not be the the biggest news is uh a lot more uh AI integration into the internals. Like Intel yeah. announced their um their whole uh plan for uh AI enabled uh onboard chips and and things like that. So I think I think that's where we'll see the biggest changes uh and the fastest changes. Makes your sense. Your car is a robot. Uh, your car is a GPU. <laughs> hey, listen, I, I, we don't have time to get into it, but like look, we know language models are going to be on our phones probably be before the end of this year. So completely onboard, don't need Wi-Fi language models. We also didn't talk about things like um uh what's it called um tesla's um wi-fi satellite what's that called oh space starling net. starling not SpaceNet. <laughs> SpaceNet. that's it starling <laughs> um i don't know where that came from uh starlink and the ability of all cars pretty much everywhere to have continuous like wi-fi would also yep. play a huge role in this because of communication and you know right. Hey, uh, go add a couple more, you know, whatever PSI to your tires. You know, the, the weather's getting bad in 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 tomorrow. 
go take care of that, right? That kind of stuff, you know, updates. I want to say thanks to Gwen really quick because she put in some good comments. She did two others on here. Um, she talked about the new Julia Roberts movie. I haven't seen it, but it has Tesla's being remote controlled driving on dangerous direction as though attacking a family. That's fun. Um, and uh, she said, I think there will only be three speeds uh, for cars. Leader, drive, normal, and I'm late, so go as fast as possible. And police will then be free as there will no longer be need for speed traps. That would be amazing. I'd be totally fine with that. I am. I have said this before. I'm firmly in the camp of, go ahead, car. Take me wherever you want. <laughs> Jesus, take the wheel. Um, that's me. I'm like, go ahead. Go ahead, AI. <laughs> Redo the song. Do the Carrie Underwood song. AI, take the wheel. <laughs> I predict there will be a self-driving uh, company called Jesus, right? And then the whole thing will be, Jesus did take the wheel. Just yeah. trust us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love it. All right. We're going to end it there. Um, I knew this would be a fun conversation. <laughs> Thanks guys for kind of hanging out and, and playing pretend and predicting the future. It's probably my most favorite thing we do on this show is like, just try to guess at what's going to happen right. in the next 30 days in mind, the next six years. Um, so we'll be back tomorrow. Tomorrow we're talking about scams, probably less fun of a topic, but mm. definitely important um, about, you know, the AI scams that are out there, what you need to look out for things like safe words, <laughs> probably not the uh the general understanding of safe words but what you need to do for your family and stuff like that i won't be here but the rest of the crew or whoever's here tomorrow will be talking about that stuff i can't wait to listen back to it that's it oh last thing real quick we just dropped our next interview amanda bickerstaff please go take a look at that it's live now this is a thursday morning the 18th as you listen to this um She's awesome. She's the CEO of a company called AI for Education. Go check it out. Awesome interview. If you want to listen to somebody who's making a difference in educators, students, schools, she's making her company, not just her, making a difference, go check out that interview. It was a really, really good one. Um, that's it. Okay, that's it. We're out of here <laughs> before we hit the 40-minute. <laughs> See ya. Hello. Bye.